1: Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your, Your Angry, Angry Neighborhood, Neighborhood feminist. feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspective. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Uh, on the tail end of an emotional breakdown, Keegan. How are
2: you? I mean, it, it's not been great. <laughs> I, I feel like just generally speaking, um things are not good.
1: <laughs> no, They're not I'm, good.
2: I am ready to
1: leave civilization and just never see anybody again, at least until all of this is done, because it's just getting to the point where I just don't want to deal with another human being ever again in my life. Everybody is so stupid or racist or cruel or yeah, dumb. Or it's just, I can't handle it anymore. It's taking a toll on my positivity like I just I've been really trying to like you know make a list of the things that I'm grateful for and I always try to go past just the things like yes I have a shelter over my head I have a job I have my dogs I like couldn't think of anything the other day I was like I have nothing going for me right now what am I doing it just sucks
2: yeah, it does suck. I mean, I was having this conversation the other day on Saturday. I was having a very difficult day emotionally. I did my workouts and I had a full on sob fest while I was working out. Uh, I, that I think that there like is a great release. I do think that there's something about exercise that can like break that stuff open in you. Um, but I haven't cried like that in a while. And I think when I was trying to figure out, like, bring attention to it and figure out what's really going on, I think it's that I don't see a way out of this. I feel very hopeless. Yeah. I don't mean that in, like, a, you know, scary for for me personally way. I just mean that in, like, I don't know how we are going to find each other again. I don't know how we're going to find humanity in each other again because we are so... Divided, and people are so hateful. It's
1: becoming a very, very lonely existence and that's something I even got a call from my mom today and she was crying and she you know quit her job and she was just uh, her old boss is this like total trumpster believes that coronavirus is a is a myth and it's just this crazy person and she was so upset and she called me crying saying how lonely she was even and it's just like there's we're so divided that it's so hard to find people. It feels like that are like minded that make you feel like you're not crazy. That you know make you well, feel better about everything.
2: You know the thing is, I uh, all of my friends have very similar beliefs to mine. So I feel like I have a community, uh, and I do feel like you know most of the people on my timeline they all believe the same things that right. I do. So in that way. I don't necessarily feel lonely, but I do feel like where we are and where other people are is so separate. Yeah. And I don't know how we find each other again in the middle. I don't know how we do that Um, or Uh, not even in the middle because I don't want to go into the middle, but I don't know how we hang on to our empathy and our compassion. And I don't want to be a hateful person. I don't want to feel like people on the right are bad. (laughs) But what you're saying is exactly
1: true. It's like, you don't want to meet in the middle. We don't want to meet in the middle. The right doesn't want to meet in the middle. We've said this a million times, (laughs) like mentally preparing for civil war. I don't know how it's going to end. I have no idea what any, what's happening in the world at all. I just feel like I need to... Get the fuck out of L.A., drive away. (laughs) I just feel trapped and isolated and lonely and shitty. And sorry to dump all this on you guys, but I feel like crap today.
2: I mean, I'm sure that a lot of people are feeling the same way. Um, This conversation is actually going to bring me directly into the first thing that I wanted to talk about today. And that uh, is the... Sudden and shocking death of Chadwick Boseman. Yes. So, Chadwick Boseman. I'm sure everybody knows it was all. I mean, it's been everywhere. I actually think, and this feels very morbid, but the tweet about his death is the most liked tweet in Twitter history. And not. I mean, that sounds. But you, you know what I'm saying. It's not. Right. Like it's we not like liked that this is because, happening.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. Um. But, so everybody is aware that he has passed Um, and he was only 43 years old. He'd been battling stage three colon cancer in 2016 until it progressed to stage four. He kept all of this completely under wraps. And for anyone who's living under a rock, but somehow still listening to podcasts, um, he played the black Panther. He played Jackie Robinson, James Brown, Thurgood Marshall. Uh, He was an icon, yeah, you know, even though he didn't really get his breakout role until Jackie Robinson, when he was already thirty six, that was he, a great
1: movie. I just watched it last week. It was fantastic, kind of cheesy, but re- but fantastic. And yeah, but
2: most sports movies are like that. They're yeah. like they're supposed to be like uplifting, but he left. He was an icon to yeah. the black community, and um, people are heartbroken. People yeah. are heartbroken. People in the black community who I follow, Amanda Seals, I mean, a, a lot of people were literally on, like, Instagram Live crying yeah. on Instagram Live because it just feels so heavy. It just feels like so much. And we're <laughs> – there was an article that was written, um, a BuzzFeed article by El Amin um, Abdel Mahmoud, and it said – In an already difficult year filled with so much black death, losing an actor who celebrated black life feels especially painful. Considering the shining hope he brought us, the magnitude of mourning is colossal and logical. This broke me, tweeted Issa Rae. Jordan Peele described it as a crushing blow. This is not hyperbole. That we have lost a wellspring of black joy in a year that has already contained so much black grief feels like a punch on the way down. And it's true. I mean, I remember when Black Panther came out and it was more than just a a superhero movie. That can sound so shallow to people. Um, It was was
1: revolutionary. And I love, there was a great video um, of people after seeing Black Panther kind of talking to the poster of Chadwick Boseman as the Black Panther. And they're just kind of thanking him for his role, but he's actually, you know, behind the curtain and comes out and talks to them and, The responses from people are so beautiful and he's so kind and generous and genuine with each of them. I was sobbing when I saw that video just because it's so hard. I feel when you hear of somebody passing or you hear of something so sad and then you see them living and you see them happy and alive. And it just is this weird thing in your head. Even, you know, even when a celebrity dies, you don't know them. But there well, is this thing where you see them happily living their lives and knowing that they're gone and knowing that he kept this struggle so secret from everybody in his life. You know, it's it's a grieving process beyond right. grieving process. Like nobody saw this coming.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I shared that video to my Facebook. It came out with, you know, right after Black Panther came out and I'd shared it to my Facebook because I was having trouble getting people to understand how important this film was and what it represented and in this BuzzFeed article I'm just going to read this last bit um It says Black Panther came to represent a defining point for black America, a purposeful showcase of blackness. The film's machinery subverted the white gaze that black people had so often been depicted through film. Instead, the movie gave us endless black possibilities. Black Panther with Bozeman as its face felt particularly poignant because of how much dignity was afforded to blackness in a moment when blackness has continually been under assault on screens. On our phone screens, we see images of violence on black bodies shared carelessly, forced into our feeds, igniting and reigniting trauma. And so, to me, for him to die at this moment felt defeating, but also incredibly meaningful. Right. It's just, I'm just tired, (laughs) I'm just really tired and I'm really sad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's honestly, that's the only thing I've been able to say to anybody who asks me what's wrong, because I'm literally just crying at the drop of a hat, like I'm crying constantly. And it's like, I'm just sad. Like, it's just, I don't have one thing to tell you. Everything is horrible. Everything is sad. I'm
2: just sad all the time, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's where we are, you know, Anthony and I, we were watching um, John Oliver last night. And I think sometimes we can lose sight of and we're not trying to scare anybody. But we can lose sight of how bad and how scary this is. Like what we're living through right now is really, really scary. And I can't, I cannot express enough how important it is for everybody to vote to figure out right now, stop what you're doing, pause this podcast and go figure out how you're going to send in your mail-in ballot if you don't want to vote in person. I cannot emphasize that enough because we are, it's it's not hyperbolic. We are literally fighting for the soul of this country. And if we lose, it could be truly disastrous beyond what we've already seen. Yeah. So... I just want to really emphasize how important that is. Um, I also, you know, just kind of to close with Chadwick, I I wanted to briefly mention that, like you said, he did not tell people in the public what he was going through. And because of that, I mean, he was battling stage four cancer. He appeared very thin. Yeah. uh, On social media uh, in some you know, red carpet events that he attended. Yeah, and some paparazzi photos and things like that. The bullying was so aggressive.
1: It was. And he actually, he did have some people in his life talk to him about it too. He was a alumni from Howard University and he went for like a dinner and he was sitting with somebody that he knew quite well and... They asked him, you know, like, are you feeling okay? Because he looked so much smaller. And I guess he just always kind of had an answer for everything. He was like, I'm a vegetarian or I've been exercising, you know, differently. And also being an actor, a lot of his friends that have come forward have said, you know, we just didn't assume anything. Maybe he was changing his body for a role again. Or, you know what I mean? You just don't know and you don't question it because it's not your business. And then on the flip side of that, we have the people on the internet and on social media who are seeing him and tearing him to shreds for being too thin, which I really just don't understand because to me, and I didn't see any of these photos until after the news of his passing, I can't look at those and think that he's like, well, I don't get how people can berate somebody (laughs) Who because the internet. It's just That's so, why. I mean, I know, I know it exists, but it just, the, that level of cruelty where it's it's so clear that the person you see in Black Panther and the person you see in these pictures are different, and this person is obviously struggling with something,
0: even well, though we don't know what... Yeah, get- I mean,
2: un- unfortunately, it's it's that the internet is cruel. The internet is cruel. I That, I think, is what led me to the situation I was feeling on Saturday is that I woke up and the first thing I read were comments under Jacob Blake post and the things that people will say people are cruel and it hurts me that people treat that we treat each other this way yeah no wonder we're where we are because look at how we treat each other yeah it's horrible
1: oh and that was part of the thing that my mom was dealing with with her boss, this person was saying that, well, you know, Jacob Blake had a weapon. Well, you know, she was just feeding this total, like, bullshit. And my mom just kind of eventually stopped her. And she was like, what are you trying to do? Like, I'm not going to change my views. Like, what are you trying to do? And it's just such, it's such, like, infuriating... Nonsense that comes out after these things I, happen I can't that are even, just so I mean,
2: untrue. I'm mad, of course, I'm mad, but I'm not. I'm not as angry as I I have been. I'm sad. I'm sad yeah. because people they say these things because no one is the villain in their own story, right? Nobody is the villain in their own story. So these people they don't think that they are being cruel or uh, or thoughtless or unkind in any way they think what they're saying is truth that is why we won't find it's why we won't find common ground and that makes me feel hopeless but yeah. um i do just want to remind people because of that like chadwick Bozeman, he deleted things off of his social media he got off of his social media because of the intense bullying he was facing while trying to maintain living with stage four cancer. I mean, he was dying. So I I just want to remind people to be kind. Yeah. Because you don't know what somebody is going through and don't comment on people's weight. You might think that it's a compliment. Um, In this case, of course, people didn't think that. Yeah. You might think that, but you don't know what has led a person to where they are. Yeah. So just, it's just be not a good co- nice.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's just kind of a thing that I like to live by. If you're going to compliment somebody on their appearance, compliment them on things that they can control, like what they're wearing, what their hair is. Yeah. Things like that. I just, as a general rule, just don't compliment people on their bodies. It's unnecessary. Like, I mean, if it's something that you're joking with your friends, like, nice ass, you know, things like that, whatever. But when it comes to like, you know, comparing bodies and things. It's just an unhealthy way to live in general. It's not healthy for the person receiving those comments. It's not healthy for the person giving those comments. It doesn't get anything done. Um, so kind of going off of last week, kind of what I talked about, um, because as I was chatting on the mini episode last week was when all of the sports strikes were happening. And right, I yeah. was particularly moved by a lot of this. As you all know, the news I receive in the morning is now from Sports Center. believe it or not. <laughs> so I watched a lot of the statements being read during the strikes. I watched a lot of the demonstrations. I watched a lot of the athletes speak. And it was incredibly moving and powerful. And I did talk about the WNBA team that had the shirts on for Jacob Blake last week. But I want to talk a little bit more about how it got started. And uh, the importance of it. So the decision began with NBA's Milwaukee Bucks refusing to play after the police shooting of Jacob Blake. The strike quickly spread from basketball to baseball and even hockey. I looked like a few tennis players decided not to play. You know, there was a few other sports where like individual teams or players decided not Naomi to participate. I think Naomi Osaka,
2: the yes. um, tennis player, also wore Brianna Taylor mask, I believe.
1: yeah. So, and the WNBA team, I can't remember what team it is off the top of my head. It might be on my next page of notes. Um, I believe it's Atlanta Dream that has dedicated their whole season to say her name, Brianna Taylor is just kind of their whole slogan and um so obviously, sports fans across the United States in particular are not tech <laughs> they're not really known to be the most liberal open minded group in the world, especially when you get into sports like hockey and football. There's ironic so much.
2: given the number of black people who play sports. Exactly. Which and is that's, the vast majority of people on teams.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing that is I think upsetting most of these athletes because there's this like rhetoric going around that like, you know, you're just an athlete, so shut up. And yet I'm you know they they keep saying you know yes i am an athlete and i feel protected in this environment, but when I leave, you know, I am still a black man or I am still a black woman. I still and regardless experience that same thing. And
2: regardless of any of that, do people not understand how fucking shitty and ignorant it sounds for yeah. you to say, like, shut up and play football whenever you are a white person who's mildly inconvenienced by not being able to watch your favorite piece of entertainment? It's a... It, it gives me... Like, dance monkey vibes. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, I do. Like, these are human <laughs> beings. Yeah. You can't just command them to perform and entertain you. Right. Well, and it's interesting because strikes are
1: actually banned in the NBA under a bargaining agreement. So they actually did break their contracts. And that's <laughs> the thing is that athletes are really treated like, you know, dance, monkey dance, like... They're treated as, you know, a commodity to, you know, make money, win championships, win medals, things like that. So, no, there isn't a lot of humanity in sports in general. There's not a lot of humanity in sports fans in general, which is why seeing... Seeing a lot of fans come forward and support and seeing a lot of athletes that, you know, you wouldn't know if they would come forward and not a lot of, you know, white athletes coming forward and making statements of support as well. Um, I really love the L.A. Lakers statement. So I want to read part of that right now because it picks up of what Keegan was just saying as well. They said, 80% of NBA players are black men. We cannot love them for the joy and entertainment that they bring to the world, yet sit in silence and fail to use our platforms and resources to amplify their voices when they demand justice and equality that America has promised us all, but denied black people for far too long. So I thought that I read a lot of the statements, and I really liked that one because it encompasses you know, this thing that I feel like a lot of people have been saying within the last few months, it's like, if you appreciate black culture, you have to appreciate black people. If you're going to appreciate the black athletes, you have to appreciate, you know, the black man underneath that and their experience in their life. You can't just love them because they're good at a sport. You have to support them through all of it.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, just want to point out very quickly that that's a great example for the rest of us, which yeah. is to say that, like, they broke their contract because there was a piece of paper that said, You're not allowed to do this. But guess what? The players are the workforce. Yeah. They're the workers. They decided to unite and rise up because they outnumber. The people who own the teams. And that's the
1: thing. And is that's like, how it works. And so many people at first were like applauding these organizations and these owners. And like, no, they were very against it. They were not for this strike at all.
2: Well, and that's the thing is like these... Uh, these owners, like these people, all of this performative act- activism that we saw, you know, the NBA, they were allowed to wear shirts that said I, they could pick from like 20 um, yeah. different things that they could have on the back of their jerseys. Right. And they could have say her name, but they couldn't have Breonna Taylor. So they gave them a very easy, PC, easy to swallow activism that this is acceptable activism for you we white rich team owners are going to tell you our black workforce what is acceptable
1: yeah how to be an activist right now right
2: which is we don't need any more of that okay <laughs> no. listen i uh, thank you for painting black lives matter on a street it's beautiful um i love the gesture but if you don't back it up with legislation it means fucking nothing it means nothing i mean in wisconsin they kneeled with protesters look at the f- what's happening i know it means nothing yeah okay you can do the electric slide with black people all day long Yeah, if you don't fucking change, if you don't change the legislation, if you don't change the rules, if you don't dismantle the police system and rebuild it as something that's actually helpful to us, then none of it matters.
1: Well, yeah. And that's just the thing is that I'm so I'm so frustrated right now because part of me is even thinking, like, wouldn't you think that cops would be like on their best behavior right now until this shit
2: dies down? It hasn't died down. I'm like are are they crazy? They like- don't care that's the thing they don't care and they know nothing is going to happen to them because why would they believe anything is going to happen to them when the people who killed Breonna Taylor are still out there only one of them has been fired the people who killed Elijah McClain none of them have been fired none of them have been arrested why the fuck would they think why would they think that they have to change anything about what they're doing they don't respect black life uh, or brown life at all Um, you know what let's just throw in most Most human life, they seem a little bit kind of up in the air about. Yeah. So, and they've been able to get away with it. There's qualified immunity. There's no reason for them to change what they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. I
1: mean, I think for me, it was more so just for like a personal standpoint. Like, yes. I had this conversation. Like, yes. Keep yourself out of this shit for a while. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're a piece, if I was a piece of shit and I was a cop,
2: Mm -hmm. I'd be like, you know, maybe. (laughs) Maybe tone down the racism for like mm, a year. Yeah, I'm
1: just going to be like minimally racist for a while. I I
2: was actually having this conversation with Anthony because um, that's kind of what I was saying is I'm like, why would you why would you bring that kind of heat onto yourself? It's like, yeah, you might not get fired you might not get you probably won't get arrested you almost definitely won't get convicted however but you're you, still going to get shit you're still going to get shit you're still putting yourself in in the shit when you don't have to like I know. you could just very easily not shoot somebody in the back seven times and it's true. then and then not be in the situation where your city is burning to the fucking ground because of something yeah, you did i just feel like we need more people
1: that are like, what are the FBI, the crisis investigate? What are they called? crisis. Oh, God, I don't not know. Counselors, but it's the people that go. The to negotiators. Like, the negotiators, like go to the high pressure situations and are able to like. Yeah, yeah. Talk people down. Like, I've been listening to the podcast version of I Survived because it's super easy to listen to at work. Mm-hmm. And there was a story about a woman who was abducted by a man who had a gun and said, you know, I'm not going back to prison. I'll shoot everybody up. So she made very clear to the cops that, like, you know, don't start just firing because then he you, there could be, like, crossfire and all this kind of stuff. So they tased him instead. And I'm like... Come on. You got tasers. you got other like modes of like disabling someone temporarily. Just do it. Like, why do you have to
2: shoot? Makes no sense. I to don't, me. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like know. all of this shit is just madness to me. Um, and we are closing in on 30 minutes, so I don't want to go into everything right now, but I do think at some point we need to talk about this. It's not going to be like a super fun thing to talk about. Um, However, we did get an email or a message from somebody like a while back um, telling us that we should be wary of Sean King. And you and I had that conversation where we were like, well, I think he's doing more good than he's doing harm. Yeah. Which I would still. There's arguments on both sides. However, shit got stirred up again. And it made me think like I need to actually take the time to go and look up. Yeah. What people's issues are with with Sean King because people are pissed right now and it all got kicked off when Sean King sent an email to his newsletter, a newsletter to um, people who are on that distribution. Right. And he began the the newsletter the email talking about Bozeman's death but then eventually in the email transitioned to kind of pushing his book. So mm. people accused him of profiting off of Chadwick Bozeman's death by mentioning his name while in the process of promoting his book. Now, right. Sean King kind of defended himself by saying I had had this email um, kind of like letting people know about my book ready to go before Chadwick Boseman's death and then didn't feel right sending it after his death without mentioning that something had happened because it had been a difficult time for him and his family. And to me, that does sound plausible. Right. That um, that is probably what happened. However, <laughs> um, there are things in Sean. Sean King's kind of like past that are a little bit concerning. There are a lot of black activists, specifically black female activists, who feel like they have had their work stolen by Sean King, who feel like they have been silenced by Sean King. Um, And then there are a lot of activists who feel like Sean King uses black death and suffering to prop himself up. I mean, I think
1: that makes it makes sense. And to me, that's the biggest thing is it's if he's doing it as a way of, you know, just to inform people and for the purest of intentions, I support it. And like we said, if there's ever stuff that comes up that shows, you know, something against him. You know, that's something to take seriously. I don't like that if he's like using other people's stuff.
2: Yes. I mean, so there's stuff to look into here. I mean, he has like misappropriated funds um, for certain charities or fundraisers specifically like for Tamir Rice's family and things like that. and he's kind of defended himself by saying that he is he's made mistakes because he's not good with money or like understanding how okay. these things work. So it's it's a complicated situation. But I wanted to shed just a little bit of light on it because I wanted to just I don't know. He's become this kind I think of it's like good
1: to start the conversation to continue for both of us than any listeners that want to to like look into it. Cause I don't like I appreciate the fact that he gives information so frequently and it's a good way for me to stay on top of everything. But like I said, if there is a chance that there's problematic shit going on, like I don't want to
2: support that. Right. So. I mean it might be worth doing a deeper dive on at another time when we have more time. Um, But in the meantime, I do suggest that people kind of do some light Googling, read some articles. Uh, I can send you some of the articles that I read, Madigan, if you want to put them in the source notes and um, kind of draw your own conclusions because I don't think it's a black and white situation. No pun intended. um, But I I do think it is layered, and I think that the criticisms are valid. And I think that the arguments that he is doing more good than harm are also valid. Yeah. So, um, t- good to be take aware a of, look though. at it. Yeah. Right, yeah,
1: exactly. Still good to take a look at well. On that note, <laughs> uh, if you have anything in particular that you would like for us to talk about next week, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail or direct message us on Instagram at angry neighborhood feminist. We also have a Twitter that we sometimes use at Yep podcast y a n f podcast we have a facebook business and group page you can go ahead and write and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page what's next oh you can also rate and review us. you can also write and review us on apple Podcasts. we really appreciate that and we also really appreciate it when you listen to us on radio public it is a free way for you to listen and it helps us out just a little bit all right with all that being said we encourage you to, to rage, rage on, on. bye